Welcome back, Rev Divers. We are super excited today for a couple of reasons. I mean, we're pretty much always excited. But today, Kim and I are actually together. Woo, 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 we're in the same woo, woo. room recording. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> no. It, it's got to be only a couple of episodes where we're in the same room together. I know, right? Yeah. And that's because we are at a conference. So we're at MGMA in Illinois, yeah. and we're, we're talking at the state conference. And there's been a heavy amount of conversation on value-based care today. Absolutely. Like, Tons. A lot. And so it really, it's kind of cool because we'd already scheduled to speak with two super powerful women that are hanging out in Nevada doing the absolute most. And so we want to welcome you to two people from Valley Oaks Medical Group. We have Kim Grana, who's the Vice President of Operations, and Marie Price, who is the CEO. Welcome to the show, you guys. Yeah, Thank you. Super happy to be here. We are happy to be here. Oh, wow. They so they excited. said that in tandem like you and I do. I know, right? Yeah. You know, it's been said that you guys are the Kim and Taya of Nevada. That's true. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'm ladies. here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. So we, one of the reasons we really wanted to have you guys on the show is because you're doing phenomenal things in the primary care setting, particularly around making sure that care remains patient-centered working on value-based programs and doing it while you're growing rapidly, right? So talk to me about this a little bit. And Kim, I'll, I'll start with you. Talk to me a little bit about how you guys are achieving what you're achieving in value-based care while you're growing so fast. So there's really no playbook. I'm the um, president of the Nevada State MGMA because you guys are out there in Illinois. Um, so I am the president here, and so I'm looking at the benchmarks and the playbooks and seeing what's best practice, and there's no best practice for a 600% growth rate. There isn't. But healthcare is just booming, and it's growing, and it's, and it's happening faster than some of us can even keep up because the need is there, right? And, and what we've done is put together an incredible team with Marie at the helm, and me directing operations and just pushing our team towards these goals and best practices as, as fast as we can in a structured and organized way with a team mindset. We avoid silos at all cost. We make sure that our departments are talking with one another. They're working well together. Um, Value-based works best when everyone works together. Value comes from the quality department. That's the quote. That's the quote of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it comes, uh, the quality department works with operations, which works with billing, which work, and we just do a tremendous job at Valley Oaks of bringing all the people together. Yeah. And Marie, you know, one of the, the great things about being a CEO is that you get to see the big picture, right? Like you're involved in everything. Um, can you talk to our listeners about some of the successes historically that, you know, your organization has has been able to achieve? And maybe that can kind of translate to some things that are achievable in other organizations. Absolutely. You know, it's been a ride that we've had. We've grown exponentially. We've grown from six providers to over 20 providers now in just a year's time, multiple locations in multiple states. And, you know, I get that question a lot. Like, how do you get there? Like, you know, and we have built an amazing team. We, I have a team of people who have all bought in 
and it's because they all follow our core values, which is patients first. And then after that, it's the staff come first. We want people to have a work-life balance, but we all set goals together. We get excited about meeting the goals together. We're a team of workhorses that just want to get to the next level and want to keep growing. Nobody on my team wants to just sit stagnant and just come in and do a job and leave and it'd be the same job every day. So we, we've just been able to build an amazing team that works together and that we all really love each other and support each other and want to see each other win. So that's how we've been able to grow so fast, faster than most. And um, it's because of this amazing mm -hmm. team that we've built. Yeah. You got to have the right people in the right seats or you're not going to go anywhere. When we think about working in, in revenue cycle and value-based care and all these things, to your point, I think we have to think of it like integrated care models. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it mm -hmm. takes everybody. Yeah. You know, you mentioned we can't work in silos. We all need to work together. It's so critical because I think that most of us who are doing that now are doing that now because we've seen the way it didn't work to do it the other way, right? Everybody's got like a, a terrible lesson learned. Do you have um, any specific like story of something that was just kind of like really a, a powerful moment when you guys were like, hey, you know what? We've got something here. This is, you know, our team is really working together. This is this is a model that is thriving. Was there a moment for you guys where you realized like, hey, we've, we've got something special going on? You know, we look at each other all the time and we say that out loud about how special our our group is like we know it we feel it you know and we've accomplished so much together over the last year but it was almost immediate when we put our team together and we i we have such a diverse team that we all complement each other what i'm lacking kim has what kim's lacking upender has what upender doesn't have mckenzie has you know and we all work together and use our strengths and it's just been an incredible ride with an, the most incredible people. And, and that's really powerful stuff because I think within healthcare organizations, we wanna make sure that we have a really solid team and that everyone's able to work together, understand strengths and weaknesses and you know, be able to build upon them. Um, you know, when we think about value-based care, one of the critical components is care collaboration. And, you know, taking that team outside of our practices and, you know, creating teams, um, you know, in the community with referring organizations, with hospital systems and others. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about how you've been able to kind of expand your internal team to care collaboration teams outside of your organization? Yeah, we have a great resource of outreach and um we call them patient engagement coordinators. And then we also have outreach coordinators and we have provider services coordinators. So we have this entire team of people that are heavily involved in keeping our patients and our community engaged. So they work with um, our patients on a regular basis, helping them with any issues that they may have asking questions about Medicare, asking questions about their, um, their, their different plan options, and then also the community. We send people out there. They're involved in our chambers of commerce, our, our um, 
community centers, our senior centers, our just different coordinated events throughout the city of Las Vegas in our community, people think about Las Vegas and it's just the strip, right? And that's all it is. It's not, you know, the houses and the, and the people and the community that we serve. And I'm born and raised here and it's a big deal to me. And just being involved in the community in this way and Maria's put patients first and taking that out to the people that we serve and then being able to deliver that cure back. So you can go out there and you can tell people how great you are, but are you then delivering the care when they come back in? Because it's AEP right now. It's not just about bringing in new members, bringing in new members. It's also about retaining the patients that you have and making them want to stay here and buying in and engaging in the care delivery model that you've set up that's so excellent to achieve the goals that, you know, that they are here for. It's just delivering better quality care. They use this word, you know, value-based and quality, and it's not just, you know, meeting your HEDA scores and all these star measures and everything. It's doing what's right for the patient and then reaping all yeah. the rewards of what that is. That's what value-based care really is all about. I, I have to ask because so many times we hear from organizations that they're working their hardest, right, to improve on their value-based care efforts and take better care of patients. And then Kim and I, you know, start digging into the weeds with them. And when we start to get to technology and systems, their technology stack is massive. Um, we talked to one gentleman today at this conference who had, was it six, five, five. EMRs? Um, one can, practice. One, yeah, one practice. In terms of the importance of optimizing your technology, how important has that been to you guys? The use of your technology, how you use it, how you approach it, how important has that been um, as a factor of your success? 100%. Uh, this is one of Marie's favorite topics is switching all of our EMRs to one platform and having standardized metrics. We created dashboards um, so that it's really, really important for you to know where you're going you have to see where you're at. It's okay. And it's okay to tell your teams, look, we're gathering all the data. We know nothing's perfect. We want to see where our baseline is, where we're starting. And then you can trend and watch yourself improve from there. It's so nerve wracking when you tell people, okay, we're gather gathering data from every single department. We want to know everything about everything. And they're like, you know, that's, that's, that's the immediate response, right? And then you have to set the tone and be like, look, we know that nothing is perfect. We know that there are messes we're going to see, but we don't know what we don't know. So the only way is to dig into it, right? And then see where we're at, see where the baseline is, and watch everybody improve. And that's what we're going to do because like Marie already stated, we're an awesome team. We have this amazing group. And that's where you see where you're at. And then you get to celebrate all your wins as you move forward, but you don't know until you have the data till you can look at it in some meaningful way and then make improvements. Absolutely. And, you know, thinking about everything that your team has been accomplishing, um, we'd be remiss to not bring up the fact that there are going to be challenges in success, mm -hmm. right? That that's just part of success is, yeah. is making sure that we knock over stumbling blocks. Um, Marie, at a high level, um, 
leadership, we, we always try to find ways to kind of overcome stumbling blocks that come in our way, um, identify corrective actions, and then monitor so that they don't happen again. Um, what are some of the very high-level stumbling blocks that, that your team has been able to overcome during this 600% period of growth, Marie? What are some of the challenges that you guys have been able to overcome with your leadership? There are, there are so many. When you have, you're adding providers and you're adding offices and just trying to equate what, how much staff you need and, you know, credentialing problems or, you know, all, or maybe you hired the wrong person. There's, there's many, many roadblocks along the way, but I really feel like it's how you handle those. Um, and it comes from the top down. If you're calm, everyone else is going to be calm and we're just going to work through the problems and using the data, as Kim said, we use that a lot. We, we know where we're going. We know what's trending. We know what's happening and we're staying on top of everything. The cross communication within departments helps a lot. So that, that helps us know a problem and identify it before it even gets there. So we, we can see them coming. So we try to look ahead, know what's coming, get prepared for that as we can, as prepared as we can, have as much staff as we need or, um, but if it's a true, just something that slams into you, which we've had those two, you just have to yeah. pick up the pieces, pull your team together. And, and I'm a very collaborative type of leader. Like I want everybody's thoughts. I don't think my thought is the best thought at all. I want you to challenge me. And, and our whole team is that way. We challenge each other so that we can work out the pros and cons of every situation and, and get the best result in the end. You know, I, I think that there's so many critical nuggets of information in this episode, especially for those who are trying to succeed right now in value-based care arrangements, whether they're in primary practice or specialty care. I think there's several themes, right, that we've heard today from you guys. Your team is going to make or break you. Whether or not you are looking at things proactively and looking at the data and letting the data tell you how to move forward is really going to make or break you. I just think that is so critically important. And I know Kim has at least one more of her favorite questions for you. Yeah, I do. So thinking about the fact that you are both powerhouse leaders, right? Women at that, which is, it's phenomenal to see what you all are doing in the healthcare space. Um, both Taya and I, we've had wins, you know, failures um, and opportunities to grow. We'd love for you to share with our audience, our Rev Divers, um, some of those nuggets of information that you could pass on about your career experience to them. Yeah, I have a great one. So it was very eye-opening and, and I've been doing this for 25 plus years. Like this is not new, but I learned something new all the time. And I had an aha moment as a leader recently. Um, and it's this really incredible person who was doing, and she's a leader in her department and doing, doing really well. And she is just like, I'm overwhelmed. And I just don't know what direction to take. And I'm like, oh, stop. That's as a leader, I feel like the best value that you can add to your organization or to your team as a whole is being aligned is having everybody know 
what the focus of the organization is because that will drive how and where they prioritize their tasks and focus their time. And if you aren't constantly communicating that to your team, it can spin them into chaos because you have to make sure that they have that focus, that they know where they're going, that they keep their forward momentum, that everybody is driving towards the goals that you have set up in the organization. And without that, I mean, pick a department, pick anywhere and you think it's so great. As soon as you start diving into it, there's just problems after problems, no matter where you go, there are challenges and all these different things that you can and do, you know, you can look at and do better and rework and optimize and, but where should you focus? Where should your time be spent? And that's up to your leaders to tell you where your time should be spent for Marie and me and our incredible team of leadership to say, this is where we're going. Patience first. We're in a growth mindset. We have to think about the future. We have to start forecasting what the problems will be. We need to be proactive or whatever it is that your goal is for your organization. You need to make sure that the people who work for you know and understand are aligned and are driving towards that goal. You don't have to micromanage them. They're incredible. You hired great individuals because you are a team, you know, we're an incredible team. We have a team of incredible people that work with us. We just have to make sure that they're on the right path. And that's our responsibility. Yeah. And I think it's also our responsibility to build in a culture where people feel that it's okay to say, I need help. Yeah, I'm feeling I, overwhelmed. Thousand percent, um, thousand I think percent. I might have a skill gap. I think I might not know something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, help me prioritize my task list. I feel a little bit lost. Mm-hmm. Making it okay to say that in the workspace, I think, is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And we start that by admitting that ourselves. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's a top down effect. Yeah. Marie, what about you? So my answer is going to be twofold. My, my, I, people often ask me how I got to where I am. And I like to give a shout out to my mother for this. I can remember being 19 years old and she's just like, you learn your job and everyone else is around you and you will become the most valuable person in the place. And so from that time on, I did that. I would jump in and help everyone else. And I, you know, started in the medical field back when I was 19. And I would, I would learn my job and the next person's next to me. And eventually I had worked every job in the medical field and I was helping the managers. And then if, then I became the manager and I just kept growing and growing. And I kept that open mind of just learning everything. And if I can give that piece of advice to people who are wanting to be in a position like me or Kim, like that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to want it and you have to, the more you learn, the better. Healthcare today is kind of pieced off a little bit where you have billing over here and you have, you know, all these different places. I'm a better cross-functional leader because I've, I've sat in every seat, you know? And for me, you know, I just learned that I was put on the leadership um, page of Apollo, Apollo Med, our 
parent company. And as I look through there, you know, they all have MDs, PhDs, like they're, they have all these letters after their name. And I, I don't, but what I do have is that I, I know every part and it makes me really valuable. And so that will make anyone valuable if they choose that same mindset as they're growing through their careers and it can be healthcare or anything. Maybe that's good. Wow. Yeah. That's great advice too, to know your value. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No absolutely. And demonstrating that. Yeah. yeah. And the other part of that for me is the type of leader that I am and I'm a servant leader. Like I will, I make people feel comfortable coming to me and talking about their mistakes because I want to serve them. I want to lift them up. I want to make them better. So every single person that works for me understands that they can walk in my door at any time, tell me whatever problem they have, and I will help them fix it. Or if they're in the wrong seat, I'll move them to another one. I'll, we'll figure out their gifts and figure out where they shine. And, and we'll work that way. So, so that no one ever feels like that, that if they come to me, that there's going to be a positive outcome when they walk out the door, they're going to feel better about themselves. They're going to have a better direction. And so that's the way I like to lead. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, Absolutely. Sharing leadership thoughts and innovative ways to build your teams is so important to our audience and to us. Um, and we thank you both so much for your time. We thank you for your service to the industry. Um, and um, it, it's always a pleasure to, to be amongst individuals who care as much as Taya and I do no about the success of others. Yes, so, it's so rarefying. It is. So thank you so much. And to our Rev Divers, you guys have gotten a lot of great information and positive, um, you know, tips about professional development from these two ladies. But until we see each other again, keep diving into those Rev Cycles.